Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Compatibility. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals, huge amounts of money, CIA secrets, sets off a firestorm in Washington, affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. The numbers told the story, they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. One of those idiots who believe in analytics. Hour number two for numbers game at Visa, the sports betting network where sports betting analytics live. Actionable sports betting information. VSIN.com, the Visa app, Fubos Link, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. All brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. It's Gil Alexander. I'm laughing because we get tweets at beating the book. Everybody, everybody tweeting spots about spots. Trip Tepper. Tonight is a, a revenge spot for Appalachian State. <laughs> Laughing emoji. Uh, John Fitzgibbons. Think it's a Dodger dog spot in L.A. Might also be a home plate umpire spot in Boston. Any tennis spot plays? Oh, I see how you wedged the tennis in there. I see what you did. A lot of, lot, of, uh, lot of groundswell for tennis every day, Jeffrey. They want the picks. I'm thinking about it, guys. I really am. I just don't want to be overrun by tennis. Here's the thing. It, there's going to be a huge the, the, a numbers game audience wants the tennis, but it's like it we'll cast the this. What's the opposite of the widest net? You know, the least wide net possible. The narrowest it. net. The narrowest net. Jerry Rose, who wrote the original. By the way, Jerry, we're not making fun of your original tweet. I just want you to know that we really do appreciate the tweet. Jerry says Boomer Sierson, uh, who talks about it on his show at length on how the Rams have probably circled the Tampa Bay game in the beginning of the year. We're in an emotional letdown spot, even though it was Arizona. He said, as a player, it's very hard the following week to repeat that performance. Well, well, well taken, Jerry. No one, we're not making fun of you. We really do appreciate it. Just that Matt went off on it last night on primetime. Let's get JVT back in here. Uh, JVT, few more season wins, sir. What do you got next? Uh, by the way, I agree with Matt's rant. Yesterday, the uh, Fade the Ring ceremony night, and uh, sure enough, <laughs> the, the Bucks took care of business. Um, it's a spot. So, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. They're distracted by the rings, and then they went out and destroyed everything. <laughs> 
Um, so next up on the list, this is the one that I feel I think the most confident about. Like this year, this is my this is my uh, Charlotte Hornets, and that would be the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, I, I got them over 33 and a half. I really like what this team did when it came to hiring Chris Finch and what happened under Chris Finch as the season progressed last year, Gil. When you look at it, their offensive rating before Chris Finch got fired over a seven and twenty-four record was one hundred six point four. When he takes over, they go sixteen and twenty-five straight up, but the offensive rating improves to a one twelve point nine. So we're talking about well, nearly seven points per one hundred possessions improvement on their offensive rating in the month, uh, the uh, the final month of the season. They were actually my bet on team, but when all these teams were tanking. Chris Finch and the Timberwolves were implementing their system. They were getting better. They were 7-5 straight up and against the spread in their last 12 games of the regular season. And with better health, I think this team is going to be very good. When Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell were on the floor together, an offensive rating of over 120, a positive net rating of plus 2.9. Malik Beasley and Anthony Edwards in those lineups, they, the numbers were astronomical. They were short sample sizes, but they were insanely good on offense. So I think that Finch has really shown that his offensive system is going to be pretty good with this team. And barring anything injury-wise, which you always got to out there but i think they're going to be healthier this year the minnesota timberwolves i think are a really sneaky team this year me and aaron renning uh, for our nba guide both picked them as the eighth seed of the western conference wow. I got them at plus, yeah i got them at plus 695 that's over at circuit to make the postseason i think the minnesota timberwolves are, are a legitimately sneaky good team this year and patrick beverly never hurts does he <laughs> no he doesn't he's not playing tonight but uh, yeah uh, he, you know he'll help them to a certain extent right to pick up some defensive possessions by the way their bench is actually sneaky good like guys like nas reed have developed really nicely for them yeah, it's nice to have a maniac on your team like that, as as, uh, yeah. as we've discussed before. All right, next. So th- this one, uh, you can you can actually, I'm going to make the opposite case of what you're looking at on the graphic right now, because this was in the NBA guide, and this was written up and planned to be played uh, when I got news from David Griffin that Zion Williamson was going to be perfectly fine once the regular season started, and that's obviously not the case right now. So I, I think there's actually a strong case to be made for the Pelicans to now go under their win total, given the unknown nature of Zion Williamson. But but to build the case as to why I thought they were going to go over if I knew that Zion was going to play, look, I, I don't hate what the Pelicans did, right? I, I mentioned Devontae Graham and that Charlotte Hornets win total. You know, he's kind of a good sneaky lateral move from Lonzo Ball to take over a point guard. I think Jonas Valanciunas is better than Steven Adams, and he provides a little bit more. You know, Steven Adams doesn't attempt three-point shots. Jonas Valanciunas at least averages one three-point attempt per game, and that might not seem like a lot, but when you're talking about a traditional center who now the opposing bigs have to respect whenever he's out on the perimeter, that means the floor opens up for a guy like Zion Williamson. So I didn't really hate what they put around Zion. The problem now with betting this over is that not only is Zion injured, it's a foot injury, he's overweight, and we have no timetable for his return. The two-week the two-week timetable is just a rescanning of his foot. It's not even being close to whether or not he's going to be back. So while in the guide played it over the total, and that was going to be one of the ones that I played in terms of an actual win total to have in my pocket, uh, once that we had that uh, timeline release for Zion, there's no way you could recommend over for the New Orleans Pelicans. So now I think the total that's stronger to recommend going under for them. Uh, and then finally, the New York Knicks. Look, you know, I've talked about this with you before. Uh, I think when you look at last season's New York Knicks, while they go 41 and 31, there's a lot of strong indicators that this team is going to regress. One of my favorite things to point out about the Knicks is last year had the best three-point defense in the NBA, despite allowing the greatest frequency of wide-open looks from beyond the arc to opponents. That's defenders six feet or further away. Those two things just don't mesh. That's going to regress to the mean. And I'm sorry, while people might think Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier are upgrades, I personally don't. Kemba Walker, as we know, availability is an issue for him. He's not a strong defender. And I think that that's going to be like probably a lateral move for them at the point guard position. And Evan Fournier, we know, is probably just a mid-tier player, but I don't think he improves them that much. And then you just talk about the regression 
that we know that Julius Randle is going to undergo. This is a guy that's shooting 33% for his career that shot over 40% from three last year. There's a middle ground there somewhere. So I think under on 42 and a half on a Knicks team that is not going to sneak up on anybody whose power rating has increased immensely uh, under on the New York Knicks for the season. Yeah, 41 wins yet, uh, last year with a 22 and a half season win total. You're adding 10 more games. Can they actually do that again with just 10 more games? It's, it's interesting. And Thibodeau runs those guys, I mean, out yep. there for every game, it seems like. And so you wonder if there's wear and tear also. I, I don't mean to do this be, because it's bad form, but one of our other uh, guys who gave the season win totals, Dan Bespris, you were five matches and one oppo, but then you okay. changed the one oppo, the Pelicans, to the <laughs> under. So it looks like you might be all matches in the end for those yeah. who care about such things. And and that uh, buttresses the argument for for all of them. Okay, tonight... A much more robust NBA slate. What are your plays? So uh, for the first one that I bet, uh, this was about a week ago, and the numbers moved a little bit. I, I had a really good number about two days ago, but uh, Philly minus two is what I bet. Wouldn't say no to laying three either. I think it's funny that, you know, the betting market, you know, Ben Simmons gets suspended and they go from a four and a half point <laughs> favorite to a two and a half point favorite. It's like they've been prepping to play without him for like four months now. So I don't think he's worth a two-point move. And the market's slowly correcting itself. It's off the two and a half to the three. Uh, look, I, I think Philly is a really solid team, even without Ben Simmons on the floor. As long as they have Joel Embiid out there, they're going to be perfectly fine. And then you get to the other part of this, which we just talked about with New Orleans, which is Zion Williamson's not out there. When he wasn't out there, they had a negative 5.2 net rating. They're still going to be a relatively poor defensive team as well, even with Zion out there. And without him, they're going to be even worse. So I, I think that this is a pretty good spot for Philadelphia. I get it. Distraction spot, I guess, if you want to use Matt Brown's term. But uh I think Philly's in a pretty good spot here on the road against New Orleans. And uh, the other, it actually, um, it's moving toward Portland, so you, you could probably get six, maybe six and a half. But I, I like what the Sacramento Kings are putting on the floor this year. You know, it was either then or Minnesota. I was kind of debating to put in that play in, like, eight seed range. Ultimately, with Minnesota, because I like what they have better. But in the regular, excuse me, in the preseason, Sacramento rolled out some guard-heavy lineups. Darren Fox, right, Tyrese Halliburton playing together. This is a team that is really skilled within the arc, right? Rashawn Holmes with that amazing push shot. Darren Fox is great off the bounce north and south. Tyrese Halliburton's a good shooter, as is Harrison Barnes. It's going to be a pretty effective offensive team, and they do all the things well that really bothered Portland last year. Portland was an average rim defense. They gave up a lot of attempts within four feet of the basket. They were 29th in defensive efficiency. You know, I'm not surprised, I guess, by the market supporting the Portland Trailblazers. It's going to be kind of a public team. But if we're talking like six, especially if it gets to six and a half, I think the Kings are going to be pretty alive here tonight on the road against Portland. All right, so Sixers and Kings uh, is where JVT is going tonight. Um, how do you think the Ben Simmons thing plays out in the end, by the way? So I put it up on Twitter today. Like, I Look, there's not many deals that are going to be out there, but one that just makes sense from a cap standpoint and one that just says two teams that are like kind of ick on these guys, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Colin Sexton becomes a Philadelphia 76er and Ben Simmons goes to Cleveland. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, as, as part of the trade machine, you have to throw Kevin Love in there to, like, make the money match. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, you're not getting what you want if you're Daryl Morey, right? Like, you're selling for pennies on the dollar at this point because of the way that he's been acting. And they need a point guard. And I think that Colin Sexton kind of fits that role somewhat. It's not the deal that you'd really want. But Kevin Love also gives it, like, that backup power forward floor spacer that could still work next to a Joel Embiid type. So I think out of all the deals out there, that makes some sense. It makes sense financially, too. Uh, by the way, Cleveland at FanDuel 23 to 1 to land Ben Simmons if you like those sort of things. But I think it just kind of makes sense for that deal to actually happen. Were the Rockets on, in that list? I thought you were going to say John Wall there for a second. 
Yeah, you know, it could, but I just, like, at the end of the day, it fits a need right on the surface, where it's we're trading our point guard, we're getting a point guard, but you're getting John Wall, who's at the very tail end of his career, who's going to give you two, maybe three seasons of injury field, you know, play. I just don't know if that checks the box for Philadelphia, where with Colin Sexton, while you're getting a flawed player, you're getting a young player that yeah. gives you some legitimate, really, like, scoring prowess, and I think that kind of goes along with they want a little bit better. Makes sense. We have 90 seconds here. MVP, Rookie of the Year, anything else you bet season long? James Harden, 25 to 1. I'm going to restart the campaign. He's got a really great case for The JVT Harden campaign. I love it. And he's an Iron Man, dude. And then Paul George at 50 to 1. Those are the two MVP tickets. And Chris Duarte at 40 to 1 to win Rookie of the Year. Those are the three that I've got for those two awards. Did you do any sixth man or anything random like that? No, you know, so I was waiting for the market to get posted out here in Las Vegas. And by the time it did, uh, the number on Jordan Poole had shifted to a a very close to single digits. You could have gotten Poole in the range of 30 to 1. Uh, to win most improved. Now he's in the range of like 12. So I kind of missed the boat there. And I was a little upset about that. But I I, I think Poole is a very legitimate candidate to win that or six man of the year. Because he's going to be a really good player. And they were running stuff for him last night. Like he's a legitimate piece of what they want to do. Jordan Poole and Patty Mills went on. We're like, we're going to be, you know, sixth man salvos already thrown uh, last night. Uh, Drew said he took Tyler Hero, by the way. That was his shot yeah. on sixth man of the year. So um, a good preseason. Yeah, had a good preseason. JVT, it's awesome. Basketball season is here. Uh, enjoy. We'll have you on as much as you want to come on, man. I appreciate it as always. Always thank you for having me, Gil. Jonathan Von Tobel, everybody, at me, JVT, on Twitter. Also the co-host, of course, of The Edge with Matt Humans, not only our senior NBA analyst, but also has his daily job here on the network as well with Humans Weekdays. Uh, Okay, we'll talk baseball because we got to talk about these games last night that completely turned around not only the series, the respective series perhaps, but perhaps the course of the entire postseason. Or not. The Dodgers specifically from the dead. We'll talk about it with Jason Weingart next at Numbers Game at Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get Creighton, you know, watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shane and the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That could, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you, you telling me? You see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Back on the numbers game, Gil Alexander, Jeff Parlay, producer number five and eight uh, here as well. By the way, the VEASAN Hoops Guide, in case we uh, failed to mention earlier, which I think we did, but it bears a reminder. The NBA season might have tipped off, but there is still time to grab your copy of the VEASAN Pro Basketball Betting Guide. Strategies, predictions, best bets, all of it to stay ahead of the odds makers. JVT, who was just on with us, he'll uh, he's in there very, very much so. Uh, along with all our hoops experts, providing strategy and advice as well as predictions for conference winners, win totals, playoff teams, and player awards. It's a must-have. Let's face it, $9.99, only $9.99 at vcin.com slash subscribe to get your betting edge this season on the NBA. We get tweets at Beating the Book. Chris Hitchcock piling on. Case Keenum revenge spot tomorrow, he says. <laughs> oh, God. Jay, and then this is uh, Jaime Leva. I think that's how you pronounce it. <coughs> Maybe it's Jamie. Oh, so, oh, it's Jason coughing. we got to get to Jason. Uh, you have created a monster. The people demand more tennis. Tennis tweets keep coming in. And somebody's like saying where Josh Towers is at. Is he on vacation, Josh? We have to check on that. Uh, okay, let's bring him in. Ladies and gentlemen, from under a cloud of smoke in Southern California, to talk baseball with us. What a night it was at Spreadopedia. VEASAN contributor, of course, and the host of the Wide World of Weingarten podcast. It's Jason Weingarten. How you doing, Jason? Pretty good. Didn't know my mic wasn't uh, wasn't muted there. It's all right. It's okay. Human, you're a human being. Human beings cough. <laughs> let me let me, uh, let me start with this. Uh, yesterday, let's start in the American League. The we'll start with the second game yesterday, but the first game today, by the way. Uh, Red Sox two to one lead on the Astros. They're up two to one late. Altuve ties it with a solo shot in the eighth. And then the Astros put up a seven spot. Jason Castro with the big go-ahead hit, but they end up with seven runs. And so underbetters go to die with the seven spot in the ninth. And the Astros roll the Red Sox nine to two. This after the Red Sox had had two games where they staked themselves to nine nothing leads, two grand slams in game two, one grand slam in game three. And it's funny because when they got crushed like that, it really felt like it was bigger than a two-to-one lead. And in the end, Dusty Baker and the Astros even up the series. 
Uh, did you play the Astros in an adjusted series price at any point down at plus money? No, I bet I bet the, the Red Sox at like plus one hundred and five after uh, after two uh, two to one lead. So or I think it was before that. Maybe it was when it was one one. Um, so I was a little disappointed with last night's game. That was uh, that was a spot for the Red Sox to really take take the lead in this series. Now it's back to a coin flip. I'm not as not as confident. Yeah, Christian, Christian, uh, the, uh, the the. It was just an unbelievable performance there in relief of that game yesterday where, um, you know, essentially the series saved by the uh, by the great performance in relief. It wasn't right after Granke, quite frankly, but it was uh, the second reliever in after Granke, uh, Christian Javier coming in and, and performing so well for three innings. But let me just, can we show this tweet here, Jeff? Because this should never happen. This is a tweet from Jeff Passan about Laz Diaz and the strike zone yesterday. Now, people are going to seize on the Nathan Eovaldi pitch that might have put away Jason Castro before he had a chance to tie the ball game up a couple pitches later. But this is home plate umpire Laz Diaz uh, from Jeff Passan last night from ESPN. He has missed, and whenever he tweeted this, this was late, he'd missed 21, 21 ball strike calls according to ESPN stats and information last night. That is the most of any umpire this postseason. The green dot in the upper right-hand corner, for those of uh, those of you watching at VEASAN.com, the green dot in the upper right-hand corner is the Eovaldi curveball that would have ended the top of the ninth. That was the Castro at-bat with the score at 2-2. Two to two. And uh, Passan was actually tweeting this when the score was 9-2, to two, so seven runs later. But look at that. 21 missed ball strike calls. I mean, Jason, what do you do with this? Is is the umpire lobby so strong that this is never going to change with balls and strikes? I mean, I think eventually we're going to get some sort of robot umpire strike zone deal in the next CBA. But uh, when you look at, at a strike zone like this, at least, you know, it, he was calling it for both teams. It wasn't like he was just calling it against the Red Sox. Right. So it's, it's, un, it's unfortunate when you get an umpire like this, but... You also have to keep in mind that the Red Sox put themselves in that situation where in the ninth inning they were, you know, it was 2-1 in the eighth, it was 2-2 in the ninth, whatever. You know, don't don't put yourself in a situation where it's a one-run game like that where you need that strike call. And, you know, I always think it's funny, like, Eovaldi started walking off the mound like he called that final strike himself. Right. And I, I've talked about it for years. Players just don't... Uh, don't respect the umpire. Let the umpire make the call, and you'll get it. If you make the call for him, he's going to say, no, it's, it's not what you think it is. So, you know, it was disappointing, but I wouldn't I wouldn't focus that loss just on the, the last inning or the last two innings of the game, just like I wouldn't focus the Dodgers' first two losses on coin flips in the ninth inning of games one and two. I mean, that's, that's just how baseball works sometimes. You're always going to have you know, walk-offs and stuff happen late. Last thing about this, Game 5 is today. The first of the two games today is Game 5 at at Fenway. Valdez against Chris Sale. The Red Sox minus 1. We're showing minus 122. Shop around because you can get some, uh, uh, you know, different prices on this. But the Red Sox slight favorites with Sale on the hill. Any play here, battle of two lefties. I still like the Red Sox. Um, I, I bet the series price again before. They're, I bet it twice so far, so... I'm in effect already on this game via the series price. 
Uh, I don't know if I'd lay more on the Red Sox here necessarily, just just in, in this particular game. But I'm uh, I'm definitely looking at the Dodgers game later today. I see the price start popping up. Well, let's get to everywhere. that. Let's get to that on the heels of. And I said it at the moment on primetime action. I just went nuts when when Cody Bellinger five to two Braves late in that game, one out in the eighth, two men on the Dodgers, five outs away from falling into a three nothing hole in the series. Which again, only the Red Sox in 2004 against the Yankees in the ALCS in the history of baseball have ever gotten out of a hole like that. Really from the dead, Bellinger, who was just swinging for the fences from the beginning of that at bat, catches one from Luke Jackson, tie ball game, and then of course Mookie's up in the right decision, uh, right position later that inning. The guy you want to knock in the uh, the run when you had a chance, and he does just that, and the Dodgers win it six to five, and from a three to nothing deficit. This whole series and maybe the course of this whole postseason changes on that one swing of the bat from Cody. Today it's Arias on the hill to start for the Dodgers. They're minus 180, down two games to one. Uh, pardon me, they're uh, minus, let's get the exact price on this. I don't want to say something. Minus 215, pardon me. Dodgers minus 215, down two games to one. Um, obviously still in a precarious situation, but feeling a whole lot better about themselves this morning than they did uh, at those latter stages before the Bellinger swing. The Braves, have we? do we have a pitcher for the Braves, Jason, yet? I don't think so, do we? I don't think we do. So what's, yeah, your, what's, your, what's your play here? Well, I'm looking, there's, uh, there's MVP markets for the ALCS and the NLCS, and uh, Kike Hernandez is the favorite for the ALCS. I don't have much of a bet there, but I'm looking to see what Corey Seager reopens at today. He was 15 to one yesterday before the before before game three. I think you'll probably still get a decent price on him, maybe eight to one, nine to one, maybe a little higher if we're lucky. But he has two home runs already. He's he's probably been one of the better players. I wouldn't necessarily give it to Bellinger just because he hit that home run yesterday, but uh, I think Bell, uh, 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 Betts and Corey Seager would probably be the best MVP bets to if the Dodgers come back and win. Corey Seager, who trolled us last year, we had him for MVP for the whole season. He ends up getting the MVP for both the NLCS and the World Series. Mookie, you can't get Mookie out at this point. You would actually go with someone besides Mookie? No, I mean, I'd go with Corey Seager because he's hit those home runs, but, you know, you're always going to want to get that first, second guy in the lineup for MVP. They're going to get the most at-bats. So, uh, I mean, I, I do think the Dodgers are going to win this series. Down two to one is much better spot than being down three zero. They're they're very live to win this. Rob Manfred's got to be thrilled that, that this could end up not being a Braves Red Sox. Could be a Dodgers Astros, specifically with the Dodgers side of things. the The other thing is just before we go, the Cody Bellinger thing. That home run was so seismic in its shift of the series that if the Dodgers do end up winning this. I mean, how much more, I guess the question becomes, is that so seismic that Betts and Seager can be phenomenal throughout the rest of the series, but people will still come back to that moment? How do you think people will, you know, because we're handicapping how humans will vote on that kind of thing. You're saying it can be overcome by voters. I think it could be easily overcome, especially because Dodgers still have to win three more games. So there's a lot of chances for other stuff to happen. All right. So any play, uh, any play on this game specifically? No, nah, I can't. I can't lay to minus two fifteen with Dodgers here. I already have. I already have a pennant future. So yeah, um, I'm. I'm trying to ride that out and hopefully. I have a world cash. Ter- yeah, cash I have a. Wor- I have a World Series future for March, 
and I, I bet the Dodgers down 4-2 to two at plus 168 yesterday. Thought it was dead. Some people could have gotten it plus 750 in those uh, moments in the eighth inning before Cody Bellinger had the blast. Plus 750. Oh, people, some people out there were able to get that. Jason, enjoy the doubleheader, sir. Thanks for having me. I'll talk to you later. Jason Weingarten, as Will, uh, as Will Hill called it, sports betting porn every time Jason is on uh, the show with us. We'll come back, among other things. Jeff and I will look at these Arizona Cardinals, Detroit Lions props. First time for Cardinals to lose, first time for the Lions to win. We'll do that next. Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Back on a numbers game, Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay, producer number eight, is here as well. Uh, just got a tweet about the NLCS MVP market. We were just talking about that with uh, Jason. I want to see if these are live. He's sending me a screenshot. I'm assuming these are still live at DraftKings. Let's check on that. But Austin Riley at plus 650. Remember, of course, the Braves still lead the series two games to one. Mookie's nine to one. Are these current? We got to check on this. Seeger 10 to 1. That's the case. These sound awfully juicy after what happened last night. By the way, Bellinger on this. Oh, yeah, these have to be updated, I think, because Bellinger's 14 to 1. We got to check on that. That does not, if, if, if that's available now, that would be a rush on those numbers. So we got to check on that. That's just a screenshot I was sent. We're checking to see. And you don't see it, NLCS MVP? You don't see it at all? Okay, we'll see where they're reposted then. Those are those those sound like the more you go on that they're posted before last night. We'll check on that. Um, but if you could get if you could get those guys after that, Bellinger at fourteen to one. Was where do you stand on that, Jeff? That the does the Bellinger home run is it so series potentially series turning again if the Dodgers win this series that that was the moment where everything changed again. It undo that they're five outs away from a three zero deficit and again historically. Only the Red Sox in 2004. It should be noted, last year in the ALCS, the Tampa Bay Rays had a 3 to nothing lead on the Astros, you remember, and the Astros won the next three games before the Astros won, before the uh, Rays, rather, won game seven. So it almost happened again last year. But you believe that that home run, if, if Mookie just continues to get on base 100 times like he has been, regardless of what Seager does, you still think the Bellinger thing trumps all? For right now, yes. For right now, we it have feels to that see way. how the series continues to play. But Gil, that series, it's it's over. The Atlanta Braves are in the World Series if Cody it's Bellinger over. doesn't hit that homer. Yeah, man. So look, uh, it's it's just one. It really is fascinating how both series last night in legitimately one moment, just we were looking staring at Atlanta, Boston for most of the day yesterday, and then. Wow, it's now it's the Astros and, and the Do- the Astros are the favorite to win a World Series again. The Dodgers are the second favorite, and we could get that rematch in 2017, which we all want. By the way, I want I want to ask you one quick thing uh, because it happened again in the Red Sox game, and I know everyone's going to be looking at Laz Diaz missing the strike three call. But now we have two cases in this round alone. Forget the division series, where managers have lost their minds. And have broadened starters in situations they probably should not be bringing them in. In where Urias nearly lost Game Four because of coming in in Game Two, do you really want to mess up a potential later series start for Evaldi, who has been Boston's best starter by a wide margin? 
I didn't get that at all from Cora yesterday. I have thought I, I have thought that the Davy Roberts thing, that they are just succeeding despite all the moves. In spite of all the moves, they are succeeding. And you're right. It's like more potential damage. The, the risk-reward assessments have all been wrong. And they're just the Dodgers' pure talent just seems to get through. So I think they, they win in spite of his moves. Mark Borchard said it best yesterday. It was the best line on the show yesterday. It goes, if you're going to be the Tampa Bay Rays, be the Tampa Bay Rays all season long. Don't just show up in the postseason and all of a sudden decide you're the Tampa Bay Rays. And then Alex Gore did that with the Evaldi. You're right. I mean, it's very, it's curious how you can go from a very favorable position set up well and then make a move that risks everything. And the Astros cash in on, and so too do the Dodgers uh, to uh, sort of do it in spite of Davey Roberts in that case. Uh, let's look at these props. We took a look at these on primetime action last night. I think these are interesting. Before at DraftKings, we had who will be the last undefeated team, who will be the last winless team. Well, we know the answers to those already. Those markets are closed. Cardinals were the last undefeated team. Even at 4-0, and they were the last undefeated team. The Lions still sitting out there, 0-6. They're the last winless team. So those markets we know. So now we shift to when will the Cardinals lose their first game? When will the Lions win their first game? Let's take the Cardinals first. And we do this week by week. We'll flash them up on the screen. They got the Texans, remember, this week. So they're massive favorites. Now remember, the odds on the right, so you have to sort of rejigger your brain here, the easier games are going to be the longer shots because we're talking about when will they lose their first game. So Texans are going to be a long shot. They are 9-1. to one. Probably should get more than 9-1 to one on that, by the way. You also should check on what, a, what, is, what are the Texans on the money line anyway. They're right around 9-1. to one. So, again, that's a classic shop around. Yeah. Bet MGM right now showing plus 950. Right. So, so you should just play around. that. Yeah, what, whichever one is better, you play that one. Texans would, money line or this market right here? I would not advise playing the Texans no, on the money line. No, but you understand what I'm saying. Yes. Yes. I would not advise either. But, uh, yes, just shop around in that particular case. But then moving forward, you have the Packers at plus 135. Makes sense. Packers, obviously, a 5-1 and one team. Aaron Rodgers, that could go either way. At the Niners, slightly longer at plus 250. And then we get into the longer shots because, again, easier opponents, theoretically. Home against the Panthers, 8-1 to one in Week 10. At the Seahawks is interesting in week 11 at 7-1 to one because, and this is, I think is where it starts to get interesting, week 11 at the Seahawks, if you're betting this now, you're probably making a bet on whether you think Russell Wilson will be back or not. Because if Russell Wilson is back by week 11 and he is eligible to return in week 10, then at the Seahawks at 7-1 to one seems like a pretty darn good bet. Then they have a buy, and then this now based on length of time out from now until week 13 and 14, because that's how far out it'll be after their buy. At the Bears becomes 22 to 1. Home against the Rams becomes 25 to 1. But again, the Bears and the Rams, those lines are mainly based on the length of time between now and then, as opposed to the ones before the buy, which really are assessments of the opponents much more strictly. So for me on this, Jeff, and I'm curious what you think, the two bets here are either Week 11 at the Seahawks at 7-1, if you think Russell Wilson will be back by then, or Week 14 versus the Rams 25-1. to Why wouldn't you take a bite of maybe either of those or both of those? I'm just concerned that we're not going to see Russ for a while. 
Could be if they that, if they start to stink, you won't. That's my concern, and I don't want to. I don't want Geno against this team. He'll turn the ball over three. Times. No, it's a total Russell Wilson so, assessment. Look, uh, it's it's interesting. You think Green Bay is going to be that short on a kick for next Thursday night? I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just I, talking I think about that's this one market of those here. You, I think they're going to lose to Green Bay on a Thursday. That's where I think it's going to happen. But I don't like that price. I feel like if Green no. Bay struggles to beat Washington this week. Arizona beats Houston by a, a lot, which I think they will. Um, this, plus 135 is not going to be a good number. This falls under the category of, okay, we don't have DraftKings in this jurisdiction, so we can't bet this. But for those of you who do, this would go under, I think, a fun bet category. You probably won't have to wait for it for the entire season. And it's it's fun, too, from a betting standpoint because you are, whatever bet you make, well, let's say it's, let's just use the two examples I gave, week 11 or week 14, you are staunch Arizona Cardinals fans in this market until you do a complete 180 and root against them mercilessly for the weeks you have bet. Week 14 would be if you're gonna if we're gonna take a shot here. Week 14 would be the one against the Rams, the 25 to one. I think those are the that only would be two, the one you take the shot. I think on. those are the only two choices: Seahawks if you think Russell Wilson's back, Rams 25 to one is pretty juicy. 25 to one, that's pretty nice. Week 14, but again, that's you know seven games away. That's why that's why it's what it is. Okay, Lions, when will they win their first game? Now, this one's not quite as fun because the numbers aren't quite as fun. When will the Lions get their first win? So this week they're at the Rams. So, again, the harder the opponent in this case, the longer the shot because you're looking for their first win. At the Rams, they're double-digit dogs, 7-1. to one. I'd like more than that. Again, you got to check. What's the Lions' money line? Is it better or worse than 7-1 to one in this game? Always check on that. Oh, it looks exactly 7-1. to So shop around. Whichever one of these markets, just like with the Texans and the Cardinals, figure out what the better bang for your buck is before making either bet. Then it's the Eagles at home. Short shot makes sense. Plus 180. Then the buy. Okay, then at Steelers plus 550, at Browns 12-1 to becomes very interesting. Again, if you missed the news this morning, Baker Mayfield out for tomorrow night's game against the Broncos with a torn labrum in his non-throwing shoulder. There's no Chubb or Hunt tomorrow either. The Browns are feeling very much like the Niners did last year, which is injuries are a reality in the NFL, but when you get decimated by them, there's literally nothing you can do. It's like the Niners had a lost season last year. The Browns feel like they're trending that way. 12-1 to at the Browns at Week 11. Who knows what their injury issues will be? And then there's the Bears at home 5-1. to not quite as fun as the previous market, but what would you bet here? I'm not sure I would. I don't think I'd bet it because, again, I want to see what the price is. I think that price against Philly might be better than that by the time that game kicks. Because it wouldn't shock me if Philly pulls an upset this week in Vegas. So uh, the Eagles would be the only one that I would look at here. I think Detroit's going to win week eight. If not Chicago week 12, that's a Thanksgiving game. That would be the one. Also keep in mind the way that Dan Campbell was talking after the game, if you want to read the tea leaves. These could be David Blau quarterbacked teams for the Detroit Lions as well. Bears, by the way, is a Thanksgiving Day game. So if you believe the Lions show up for Thanksgiving, that Week 12 game at 5-1 to one is a Thanksgiving morning day game against the Bears. We'll come back. Jeff Schwartz. Haven't talked to Jeff in a while. Talking NFL next. Numbers game. Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, <laughs> I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Eh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. Get your payout before the game's out with BetMGM. Place a money line wager on any Thursday night football game. And if your team is up by 10 or more points at halftime, you win. That's the full payout for only half the game, no matter what happens the rest of the way. Simply go to your BetMGM account and opt in each week to the Thursday night halftime payout promotion. And if you want to keep things rolling, try BetMGM's extensive live betting options in the third quarter or use your winnings to place a one-game parlay on Sunday. New to BetMGM? Just download the app and see how you can turn halftime into cash time. Make a money line bet on Thursday night. If your team's up by 10 or more, you'll win at the half only. At BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, opt-in is required. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. It's Gil Alexander. Uh, We were looking for those uh, NL MVP, NLCS MVP odds. 
Um, and we were not able to find them on DraftKings, but at a chief competitor, perhaps, we can say, uh, in other places, we saw some numbers. And we saw Bellinger at what number, Jeff? 16 to 1. Wow. Yeah. John Goulet, who's off uh, set here, was saying, you know, likable guy, right? Had a terrible season, regular season. Now appears to be the Cody Bellinger of old. And, of course, the seismic home run that not only perhaps will change the course of that series, but perhaps the, change the course of the entire postseason. 16 to 1. Austin Riley remains the short shot everywhere. Again, the Braves still leading that series two games to one. Let's talk some football. Let's bring him in on Sirius XM. He talks a lot of Pac-12 on the Pac-12 network, but, of course, he's also got his podcast. Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you, ladies and gentlemen. First time this regular season on the show. It's Jeff Schwartz. How you doing, Jeff? Uh, screw Cody Bellinger. He could, he, he, I hate that guy. So that's a that's a, that, that's my two cents on issue with the NL the NL uh, MV, the NLCS MVP. How about that? Why do you hate him? Well, I'm a Giants fan. Oh, me too. And me too. We we threw him seven sliders in a row for some odd reason. Um, and like, I mean, he's a professional hitter. The seventh time he sees a pitch in a row, he's probably going to hit it. I mean, like, can we just we mix up a fastball? Dude, I mean, Duvall throws like 102. We can't throw one fastball? I mean, sure, he hit Turner. I get it. I'm just a little salty because the Giants, I mean, look, it's a great season, obviously, and I'm not even sure how good this team really was, but I don't like the Dodgers, so screw Bellinger. Yeah. You know, I didn't know you were a Giants fan. I love you even more, Jeff. Another another uh, check in the positive box. I love the uh, <laughs> love him as well. Let, let me ask you this. Uh, the news this morning, Baker Mayfield, finally cooler heads prevail. Like, what in the world were they thinking trying to roll him out there with a torn labrum, throwing a shoulder or not. Uh, so he's out tomorrow. Case Keenum and the Browns, do you do you like the Browns better with a healthy human body as opposed to a hampered Baker Mayfield tomorrow night? Well, he's, I mean, Keenum might be healthy, but their tackles are not, their two running backs are not, their wide receivers are not, their middle linebackers not. Um, like, who who, who is... Who else? I mean, you know, if it was the, the entire team plus Keenum, okay, I, I'm I'm in, right? I think they're the, this offense gets the most out of quarterbacks, sure. But it's not just Baker Mayfield being out, right? It's I saw Odell today, right? I saw the grade three shoulder sprain, right? Jarvis Landry's been out, their middle linebacker, right? J, uh, JOK's out, and Clowney's been beat up a little bit, and both their tackles are like I just. I, I just don't see it. Um, I don't think Denver's any good. I'm not even sure there's value in taking Denver. I just saw before I got on the lines down under three now. I mean, you could have got it at seven. I got it at three and a half. I was going a little bit late to the process, but like, I just don't, I don't really buy Denver either. Um, so this will be, I guess the team doesn't screw up the most to win this game tomorrow night. Uh, we've had some good primetime games. I don't think this will be one of them. You seeing any two and a halfs, Jeff? I'm just seeing threes across the board still. We'll see. They're probably. Oh, I, I was looking. I was looking at our at our friends at Action Network, and they had oh. on their kind of consensus two and a half. So I don't know if I'm. Uh, I could be mistaken there. I, I just that's what I saw. We'll check. We'll check to see if it's uh, moved anywhere else. Uh, oh, and you're right with the with the Browns. I mean, I made the comparison earlier on the show. It's starting to feel. Remember the Niners last year? How it was just a lost yeah. season. They were decimated. It is starting to feel that way for the Browns. Like this, at, at a certain point, you've played the game for for years. Uh, yeah. That that you just can't overcome cluster injuries like this. No, you can't. But I will say though, it did feel like a disappointing season before the injuries, right? So you, the Browns have been three non-playoff teams, right? I mean, maybe the Vikings sneak in. I don't. I don't think so. But they put you know they beat three non-playoff teams. 
They had double-digit leads um, in Kansas City and in Los Angeles and lost both those games. And then the Cardinals, you know, if you, if you watched that game uh, this past weekend, you would have thought the Browns were the ones who didn't have their head coach, who didn't have their starting center, who didn't have their best pass rusher. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, no, it was, it, was, uh, it was the Cardinals who didn't have all that stuff, right? Like, it, the Browns just – they scored seven points. Like, the Hail Mary ticked off the way. They scored seven points. Seven points. Um, uh, and so – I just don't think they're playing up to their capabilities. It's, it's disappointing. Maybe it's our fault for believing in the Browns, but you know, I said this, you said this, remember this. Their depth, right? We love this team this year because their depth was so grand. Where's the depth at now? Like, where's this? Where's it at? Right? And part of it is, is like, for the example, the Ravens have 16 guys in injured reserve. Okay, yeah, but their quarterback is playing with an MVP right now, right? So they can overcome that. Baker Mayfield has not played well. Torn Labor or not, he has not played well this season, and. Um, the Browns as a team, even if you if you look out, even if it's a lost year, okay, we have a lost year, but they don't have a they don't have a quarterback paid up, right? So what are you going to do with Baker Mayfield now? You're going you to pay him after this season? Uh, okay, I mean, it feels like they're in a really weird spot. Especially when you have some of these bad injury years, you do it with a quarterback either you know you're getting rid of, like maybe Daniel Jones in New York. Uh, or you do it with you know Jimmy Garoppolo, who's you know you know established veteran. He's your starter, obviously the one who got Trey Lance, but you kind of have an idea of what your team's going to be next year. The Browns don't really have that right now because they don't. What are they doing with Baker Mayfield next year? Cleveland now two point favorites. You are correct, Jeff. Moving Cleveland now two point favorites as we speak uh, in this ball game against the Broncos tomorrow night. And the Baker Mayfield point is so interesting. I, before the whole Jared Goff trade for years on this show on a numbers game, I said that the Rams ought to have been the first team to sort of turn the NFL on its head and have this guy on a rookie contract, Jared Goff, and then just determine, you know what? We're not going to say thank you. We're not going to succumb to this, give him, you know, a nine-figure deal. We should just try again with a new guy. And, of course, they didn't do it. They didn't think outside the box with it, and they end up trading him uh, in the end. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I I made it last year on my podcast about November, maybe December. I made this point. I said if the Browns want to go for it, they need to take their draft assets and trade up for quarterback in this draft. Because it's a prime draft to do so. And, you know, this would have been like an Alex Smith situation. Obviously, Alex Smith and Pat Mahomes was much older. But you say, hey, look, we've determined he's not our guy. It's better for us to move on and start the process of, of kind of we have a championship team. We can get another young quarterback under a, you know, a rookie uh, contract structure. Now, obviously, you, that would be very bold. This is the best quarterback the Browns have had in like 40 years, right? So to get rid of Baker Mayfield – for Justin Fields, let's say, would have been pretty bold. But this next draft is not the one to do it. This draft no. is – and there's going to be – someone will be drafted high, but this draft doesn't appear to have – I mean, the, the presumed number one pick overall got benched this, you know, two weekends ago. Like, yeah. this is not a good year for quarterback. So the Browns are stuck. I'm with you. You can't – I know it's really hard, and we're, we're you're in your radio studio. I'm in my truck right now. It's easy for us to sit back and say, hey, man, don't pay that guy. Move on from him. But, like, that's the kind of reality of the league. Like, there's not really guys, Josh Allen's like the exemption, where it's like they weren't really good and then became good enough to win you a Super Bowl. You either kind of have it in the first couple of years or you don't. And I don't think Baker has it right now. It takes a lot of onions to do, but I think the Browns may be in that position. Uh, what do you like this week, Jeff? It's a really tough week. Six teams on yeah. high, a lot of big <laughs> spreads. It is a rough week. What do you like, yeah. though? 
Well, quickly in college, I like Oregon. Um, uh, the, the best way to put it is, uh, my buddy put it this way, is they're, they're kind of glory hounds. They play really well under Mario Cristobal in very big games. If you look at, at the twice they played Washington as our rival, beat them and cover the spread. Played USC twice, including a Pac-12 title game. Uh, she, yeah, yeah the, the title game last year, we beat them, covered twice. Utah, beat them in the Pac-12 championship game and covered. Ohio State, we won and covered. The Auburn game, we did not. That's like the only one, right? And that was a game where we should have won the Auburn game a couple of years ago. We Oregon plays very up in big moments. College game day is there. They're in Los Angeles where half the roster is from. They're going to play up. And I like, I like Notre Dame. I, I got them at six and a half. It might be seven now. USC is just soft. They get beaten by everyone who, who has a pulse. And, and everyone has their best rushing game of the season against USC. So those are two on the college side. The NFL side, your point, is really tough. I feel like they finally picked a weekend where you can't even tease any of these teams, right? There's a 17 right. and a half, yeah. 15 and a half. Um, you know, so a couple that I have my eye on, and I'm going to do my podcast later today where we go over these games. I mean, Miami to me getting two points at home um, against an Atlanta team that's not good. I mean, I don't think Miami's good, but they're better than Atlanta. I mean, like, come on. And I think Miami getting two points is, is a way to look. Um, like I said, I took more along the underfield. Okay, Jeff, I think I'm sorry. We, I think yeah. Jeff, we we're losing you on audio. We got to run anyway. I apologize for that. But Oregon and Notre Dame on the college side, uh, his strongest bets of the weekend. Jeff Schwartz at Jeff Schwartz. That's G E O F F on Twitter. Thank you, Jeff. We appreciate it from the Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you podcast, and of course, the Pac-12 Network on Sirius XM. Lombardi Line next at Visa the Sports Betting Network. Enjoy. Good luck with all your baseball bets today. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.